Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was. This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. Drink that sweet bean juice, baby. It's the Horror Comedy Podcast. It's a different kind of episode today because I'm recording early in the morning. And I actually did not smoke any weed today because I have shit to do. So if you're the same listener, I feel you. Stay strong. I wanted to take a second to talk about Jacob Blake. He is a black man who was shot multiple times in the back by a police officer after breaking up a fight at a party. He's critically injured and fighting for his life. He may never walk again. And the cherry on top of the shit cake is that his six kids saw this whole shit happen. Obviously, they need therapy. Jacob needs to be able to walk again. I'm sure he's going to have tremendous, tremendous medical bills. So I'm going to go ahead and share his fundraiser. The link is in the show notes. And um, if you guys have $5 to donate, go ahead and fucking donate. This week, I wanted to read you a creepypasta from 4chan. It's from the fucking paranormal board, as usual. And it's by an anonymous user. Have you ever heard of an old PC game called The Theater? Yeah, I didn't think so. Probably because many people say it doesn't even exist. You see, the theater is an old computer game released around the same time as Doom. Today, if you even find it, it's only available on crappy bootleg CD-ROMs, which, more often than not, don't even actually contain the game. The actual legitimate copies they say were released back in the day feature a blank cover with nothing but the sprite of what has since been named the Ticket Taker. He is simply a poorly drawn, pixelated white guy with bald head and large red lips, and he's wearing a red vest over a white shirt with black pants. He's completely emotionless, though some say that if you smash the disc, his face is shown as angry the next time you look at the cover. But this is just dismissed as an urban legend. What is particular about the theater, though, is that there's no developer named on the jewel case, nor game description on the back. It's simply the ticket taker on a white backdrop on both sides. The game was initially known for being unable to install correctly. The installation process immediately locks up the computer when the user reaches the licensing agreement. Also strange about the licensing agreement for the theater is that whenever the development studio is supposed to be named, the text is simply a blank line. Anyway, most people have claimed to owning one of the original CDs say that they figured out how to install the game by simply rebooting their computer on the license agreement with the disc still inside. Then they are prompted to press I agree on startup. Then they can continue with the installation. The game then starts up without any introduction besides a main menu that is simply the sprite of a movie theater's exterior on an empty city street. The title fades and then the three menu buttons. New game, load, options. Selecting options immediately crashes the game to the desktop. Load is said to not function at all. Even if you do have a saved game, nothing happens when you press it. So new game is the only working menu option. Once it is selected, you are in the first person view. You're standing in an empty movie theater lobby with the exception of the ticket taker standing in front of a dark hallway, which one can only assume leads to the theater themselves. There's nothing to do but look at the poorly drawn, mostly illegible movie posters or approach the ticket taker. 
Once the player moved towards the ticket taker, a very low-quality sound clip plays saying, Thank you, please enjoy the movie, along with a speech box saying the same thing. You then walk into the hallway, and the screen fades to black, and you're back in the empty lobby, and you do the exact same thing. Again, and again, and again. This may seem like a really horrible game, but a number of peculiar things happen as you continue to play it. The number of times you have continued into the hall after giving your ticket to the ticket taker before the strange events happen is unknown. Most state that it's completely random, and it could take anywhere from the first playthrough to the 400th playthrough. Whatever happens, though, has deeply disturbed some players. The first occurrence is when the player fades back in after walking into the hallway. This time, they will notice the ticket taker is completely absent. The player then, without any other options, decides to walk into the dark hallway. The sound clip and text box mentioned previously still play in absence of the ticket taker, but when the player walks into the hallway, the screen does not fade out. It goes pitch black as they walk deeper into the hall, but the player's footstep sound clip is still playing as they continue to push the button up on their keyboard. Those claiming to have played the original game report to have felt extremely uncomfortable walking down the hallway, anticipating the whole way that something horrible was going to happen. While eventually the player is unable to move forward, they see this sprite that has been appropriately named the Swirly Head Man. Nothing happens as the Swirly Head Man stands before them, then, suddenly, a piercing screech plays and the game begins to glitch. This lasts for a few minutes with the screeching being continuous. Then the player is abruptly returned to the lobby with all the sounds and graphics as they should be. The game continues normally for the next couple cycles of entering the hallway, with a couple of the original players claiming the swirly head man would briefly appear and disappear in the corner of the screen as a brisk yelp sound effect plays. Then, at some point after meeting the swirly head man, the player sees the ticket taker pacing back and forth, though there is no walking animation. The sprite's limbs are not moving, he just hops slightly up and down instead and his eyes are wide and his mouth is open and he actually looks kind of worried. Some players note that the movie posters had been replaced with images of the swirly head man, which caused them to immediately turn their character's head away from the posters while approaching the ticket taker. Then another different low quality sound clip plays, but the speech box contains nothing but corrupted characters that cause whatever text that would have been in the box to be completely illegible. Due to the extremely low quality of the sound, it's debated by players what exactly the ticket taker is saying at this point, though it is widely agreed that he says never reach the other levels. Then the screen fades out once again and returns the player back to the starting point in the lobby, but the ticket taker is gone and the hallway is blocked off by a large brick wall sprite. Touching the brick wall will immediately crash the game. And that's all there is to it. Nobody knows what the other levels are or how to gain access to them, nor is it known why the swirly head man causes such acute fear in those who have seen him in the game. All original copies of the theater have either been destroyed or lost. But the creepiest part is the fact that all original players of the game claim to occasionally see a brief glimpse of the swirly head man out of the corner of their eyes. I ain't never seen no goddamn swirly man. That sounds like the worst game of my fucking life. I don't even like going to the movies. It's expensive and it's sticky.
Here's another creepy pasta. It's another Colorado story because that's where I live and I have a soft spot. Anyway, I write this message as I lay dying. I was an inspector for repossessed homes two months ago. Now I'm an abomination. It started when I was inspecting a home in Boulder, Colorado. It was less than 10 blocks away from Main Street. The house was dilapidated and worn. It had been repossessed only six months before. I was alone. I inspected the upper floor of the two-story house without harm, and the first floor as well, but I came across trouble at the basement. I approached the door leading to the cellar, and I heard a sloshing sound. I opened it slowly, and the rusted hinges creaked loudly. The door was warped from water damage. I stepped a few steps down and saw that the basement was flooded. Now, usually, I would not go down into an abandoned basement alone, but I wanted to get this job done quickly because my daughter's birthday was later that afternoon. I stepped down, and I stood right on the step before the water, pointing my flashlight down and squinting my eyes, trying to see where the hall ended. That's when I saw it. Its eyes glowed like a cat's. It stood awkwardly on no less than three legs. Its face and chest were covered by a dirty cloth, smeared with blood and other matter I could not recognize. It had three hands dangling from long extremities that were oddly shaped. It looked like a spider almost, its limp limbs hanging off its fat body, with fingers and toes and ears sewn onto its abdomen and thighs. The water came up roughly to its first arm, which stuck out from near its hip. When I met its eyes, it made a screeching sound, like the noise that scraping knives and forks on a ceramic plate makes, but it resonated throughout my entire body. I was frozen in fear, until it moved. It bent downwards like a dog and used all six of its extremities to crawl. It went up on the wall and on the ceiling, and it was screeching and wailing like a banshee the whole time. I turned and began to run towards the door. I saw the light spilling out of my exit and I reached for the door frame to throw myself out and that's when something pierced my leg. And then it had me. My leg was bleeding profusely as the thing grabbed me with, it, with its second arm, the one with an extra joint before its unusually long forearm. Its hand had four fingers and two thumbs. It had me by my neck and dragged me towards the basement door. I kicked and screamed as loud as I could, but there was a vice around my neck. It walked slowly, using its third arm as a walking stick. Little did I know I would become very familiar with its third arm and its long, knife-like edge. It was a sharpened bone. It looked like a spear sewn into the end of the forearm in place of its hand. The blood dripping from it indicated that that is what I had been stabbed with. It dragged me down the steps, my legs bumping each step. When my chest hit the water, I began hyperventilating. I looked at the murky water. It was brown and dirty, and who knows what kind of disgusting things were in it. And then something surfaced. It was a big, white lump. I kicked it with my foot, and it rolled into the water, revealing that it was a head with a face cut off. I vomited into the water. The thing put me on a soggy table in the depths of the house's basement. It strapped me down there with dirty leather bands and left me there for two days. I was so hungry. When it came back, it had another victim. It was a girl, probably about 19, 
She screamed for my help as the thing passed me, grasping her with its second arm and pulling her into another room on the other side of the hall. I will never forget the blood-curdling screams I heard that night. The thing came out of the room later, its apron soaked red. It was carrying a severed arm, a foot, what looked like a kneecap, and two ears. They were dripping with blood. It approached me. The sound it made when it walked towards me was horrifying, like someone typing on a computer, skittering. The next three hours were the most painful of my entire life. The thing took its third arm and made cuts all over my body. When it was finished with the incisions, I no longer had palms. The skin on my left shoulder had been torn off, and the skin on the ribs on the right side was gone as well. I bled a lot. It then proceeded to sew using a bone needle. It sewed the arm into my shoulder. It made it so I couldn't use my left arm at all. The foot he sewed into my ribs. It nicked the bone a few times, piercing the nerve. Then it sewed the ears into my palms. When it was done, it looked over at me. I saw pleasure in its eyes. Then it took a rock from under the water and smashed me over the head with it. I don't know what time it was when I woke up. What happened next made me dub this creature the Butcher. I looked at my body to see what had happened and I puked from what I saw. On my right hand, there was now another hand protruding from my thumb, but I could move the fingers. On my hip, there was a thigh, cut off at the knee. On my neck, there were six fingers sewn evenly in a circle around my throat. My left foot was now a right hand. I was in so much pain. I still am. I write this with my original right hand. My head feels fuzzy from the blood loss. And I think I hear the butcher coming for me. Um, so yeah, those have been some creepypastas from 4chan. This episode was short and sweet and ready for you. If you have a creepypasta, send it to us, the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com or THC podcast on Instagram. And we will see you Sunday for a full length episode. Goodbye.